0: Greetings, everybody, and uh, thank you so much for being part of our weekly online Bible study. For those of you who happened to miss last week, we did an introduction into Psalm 119, and today we're going to go a bit further into this beautiful psalm. Um, It is the longest psalm in the entire uh, group of the psalms, but also in the entire Bible, and um, we just hope and pray that as we go through the verses in this psalm that we will be blessed And God would feed into our spirits through his word. So take out your uh, favorite Bible or the one that you're using at the moment and turn there to Psalm 119, uh, more than likely in the middle of your Bible. And then join me as we just enter into a few moments of silence to prepare ourselves for this Bible study. Holy God, as we gather today in various places, around uh, the sacred scriptures thank you for the medium of cell phones and technology thank you lord that we can be connected in a bible study um, in various parts of the world but gathered for one purpose and that is to understand your truth and lord to seek your wisdom and direction for our lives and so be with us as we set this time aside and lord speak because your servants are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, yes, last week I I did a very brief introduction, and I'm not going to rehash that, so you're welcome to listen to that again. But but very simply, so we know where we are at, is that Psalm 119 is broken up into 22 different sections. Each one of those sections is um, based on the letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So starting from Aleph and then in Tibet, all the way to the end um, of the Hebrew alphabet. So there are 22 letters in that. And the idea of um, the 22 sections is that each one has eight lines or eight verses. And in the original language, these verses began with the same letter. So like we said last week, verse 1 to 8 began with the Hebrew letter Aleph, and then verse nine to sixteen with bet and so on, and the sort of the method in in doing this was to help people memorize um, the scriptures by going through it in an alphabetical way. It helped people just in their minds to to piece it all together. We also mentioned that the possibility of why there are eight lines or eight verses in each section could be about um, the fact that the the various synonyms for the law or the word of God that are used in Psalm 119 is eight. There are eight different ones that are used, and we'll come across them again today. So that's just a brief introduction. Today we come now to verse 17, which in the um, Hebrew is the letter uh, Gimel. And so let me read verse 17 to 24 just in one shot, and then we'll talk a little bit about that. So it says this, be good to your servant while I live that I may obey your word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I am a stranger on earth; do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. You rebuke the arrogant; you are who who are accursed, those who stray from your commands. Remove from me their scorn and contempt, for I keep your statutes. Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. So that I just read from the New International Version, but I also will be using the New Living Translation uh, for us today. So right uh, from the outset of verse 17, we see that the, the prayer... Um, that comes through this from the author and the author although some people refer to him as David uh, we're not sure it could be Ezra it could be another scribe but let's just use the word the author for now. Um, It's quite a brave and a bold prayer for blessing so you know when imagine ourselves saying to God be good to your servant while I live um, it you know it could almost be seen as being arrogant but There's something else attached to this prayer in verse 17 that kind of negates the arrogance of it. Um, In another translation, this verse 17 says, deal bountifully with me, your servant. And then the second part is, is that I may live and obey your word. And so this bold prayer, this prayer for blessing is balanced with the reason as to why the psalmist wants to be blessed by God or wants God to do good to him is because he wants to live and obey or live out God's word in the world. And so I think that's also a nice way to bring in this this humility in our prayers. God asks us to, to pray, to ask, um, but also to remember, you know, what is the reason for our asking? Um, you know, if we getting frustrated because we're asking god every day for our ferrari or our mansion and we're not getting it you know well maybe maybe god has other plans for us in that so that's just to start at verse 17 verse 18 says open my eyes that i may see wonderful things in your law and so he he the background to this um and particularly if it was someone like david would have meant that there was constant pressure, suffering, issues at hand. And yet as as he comes to to encounter life, his prayer is that God would open his eyes so that he would see the things in the law of God and the word of God that would be wonderful and that would sustain him. Um, that phrase open my eyes is is very similar to what happened to the Apostle Paul. Uh, Then Saul, when he had his Damascus Road experience, you know, he was made blind and then his eyes were opened. And also um, Balaam with his donkey, is that suddenly he was able to see the spiritual truth. And so um, it's an important thing for us to, to, uh, to, to pray this prayer, even as we're doing this Bible study today. You know, Lord, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. And uh, I think that's a lovely prayer to pray so that we are just overwhelmed by God's mystery and God's love and all the things that God wants to reveal to us so that we may live for him uh, in the world in which he has placed us. Verse 19 says, I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. Um, Another translation, the New Living says, I am a foreigner here On earth I need the guidance of your commands. So it's that language that is used quite a bit in the scriptures where we realize that we are pilgrims, we are on a journey, we are passing through, that that earth is not our permanent home, that we are visitors, we are strangers, we are foreigners. And yet what he asks in this is that while we are foreigners and strangers and on this journey that God would help us you know, that God would would guide us. And so, again, the emphasis is on the commands of God that would help you and I on this journey through life. And indeed, our world is complicated. Um, our world is a mess. And so, as believers, we would look to the commands of God to offer us this guidance. Non-believers would look to other things like, I guess, power and political uh, force or authority or finances or all kinds of other things, but as, as believers, we would look to God and the ways of God to help us as we journey through, through this life. Verse 20 says, My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. Um, the other one says, I'm overwhelmed with desire. And I think that this also speaks to the situation in which he possibly is finding himself is that he's looking all the time for what God has to say to him. And uh, maybe you can relate as you're listening to this, that, that, that often when we're going through tough times, we can be drawn to the Scriptures in a, power, in a greater way, a more powerful way, because then we seek God's guidance. Lord, you know, what are you saying to me at this time? Or what are you saying about this situation? And so that longing and that desire wells up within us. Verse 21, you rebuke the arrogant who are accursed, those who stray from your commands. And um, this is probably a a pointer to those people that um, have have turned their backs on God, but also those who are arrogant or or treating um, the people of Israel with disdain. Those who say, you know, what's the point in following your God? You know, look what he's done for you. But this reminder in verse 21 is that God ultimately is the one who will um, deal with the proud. Those proud ones, um, the New Living Translation says, those who wonder from their commands of God are the ones who say we don't need God. And so God will deal with them in, in God's way. Verse 22 is an extension of this. It says, don't let them scorn and insult me for I have obeyed your decrees. And this scorn and contempt and insult comes to us from people who don't follow God. And and often what happens, and we see this certainly in our own times, we can witness this, is that when people choose to follow God or God's ways, we can experience scorn or ridicule. And this is such a fine line to walk in in a day and age where everything seems to go, that that we stay close to God's commands, but also understanding the heart of what God wants us to do, you know, to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, but also to stay true to God's God's word. Then um, we, I suppose, also just before we go into verse 23, is that we would think of Jesus, how he was scorned and he was ridiculed and he was mocked for staying the course, for following the path that you had laid out for him. And yet, in the end, he was vindicated. He was was granted that victory over death, which we now celebrate in the resurrection. Verse 23 and 24, Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. And so this could be pointing to a picture of how princes and kings and leaders could also talk about Jesus in that sense if we look forward to the New Testament, how those in worldly authority need to slander and gossip and tell bad, basically bad stories about us to try and and get over us, if you like, or to, to be above us. And yet where the Psalmist ends up is to say, you know what, I'm just gonna keep meditating on your decrees um, because they are the counsel that I need. they that they, they give me the wisdom that I need to live the life that I am living now. And so, um, I think that when we ourselves feel scorned or slandered, that's when we should draw close to the word um, and find comfort and counsel in the Word. And I know I have have done that um, quite recently, but but certainly, Um, over the years have found great comfort in the Scriptures. Um, I will be honest and say that the situations don't immediately disappear and evaporate, but there is this great peace that comes over us when we fill our spiritual buckets, our souls, with words of comfort and counsel that come from, uh, from the Scriptures. Okay, and the next section, the next eight verses, um, correlates with the Hebrew word, or let's say daleth, or daleth, from verse 25 to 32. And and we see that it kind of changes tack a little bit here. And he starts with us saying, I'm laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. Now, that immediately gives us a, 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 an idea of, of this person who is lying literally on the floor. He's at rock bottom. He cries to be revived. Um, he feels like he's near death. And this could be a, um, a physical thing, but more than likely we, we look at it as an emotional or a spiritual thing. And um, the New Living Translation says, I lie in the dust completely discouraged. Revive me by your word. Now, I think that feeling of discouragement Is something that every one of us can relate to maybe even today you're feeling discouraged and discouragement can come in many ways it can come from things we see happening around us Um, this could be on a global scale and the more we read the news or we read articles and see how people hate each other and there's a whole lot of things happening we can become discouraged you can become discouraged with humanity with life We can also become discouraged in our personal relationships. We can be discouraged in our faith, in our church. There are many, many areas in which we can feel discouraged, but the one thing that the psalmist says can help him or preserve his life or revive him is the word of God. So, he, he's not going to, to people or things or something else to try and be revived. He's going to the word. So revive me by your word. Now, I just want to, to use that phrase um, and link it in with what John says in John chapter 1. Because remember, in John 1, he speaks about Jesus as being the word. In the beginning was the word. And so although... When the psalmist wrote these words, um, the idea of the Messiah was still there. Jesus was yet to be born and, 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 and live out his life and ministry. So I would like to say for us today, may we be revived by the word. And that word is Jesus. As we draw close to him, may we be revived within our spirits. Verse 26, I gave an account of my ways and you answered me, teach me your decrees. The um, New Living says, I told you my plans and you answered. Now teach me your principles. Now, again, I think there's a bit of humility in here because the psalmist is saying, look, Lord, I told you my plans and you answered. Um, I'm glad it doesn't say that God laughed. You know, Lord God, I told you my plans and you laughed. But he he's saying there's a, there's this openness in this relationship with God where we say Lord this is my plan this is what I would like to do, but there's also this humility to say look I'm not hell bent on getting my own way, but would you be willing to teach me your principles and to guide me, and I think that's a beautiful thing. You know I I just personally have a um, have a difficulty sometimes where where people use the language you know this was God's will and. Uh, and I have to do this when maybe it's not God's will Um, and so this understanding of Lord this is what I feel could be my plan um, but would you guide me and in the Proverbs we see other little quotes that come up there Um, the one that has just popped into my mind is you know as many are the plans in a man's heart but the Lord directs his steps and I think that's a good place to rest in and then following on for that is verse 27, which says, Help me understand the meaning of your commandments, and I will meditate on your wonderful miracles. So it's not just a case of the word, and I think it's, it's pointing to the commandments and the scriptures, but that in the plans that we talk to God about, that God helps us to understand his way, um, which we trust is the best way. Verse 28, My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. I weep with grief. Encourage me by your word, is what the New Living says. And so again, we're assuming that there's things that are happening around him that that bring him to this place of grief. Uh, His soul is weary. He's in sorrow. Could be even Jesus where he prays in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, take this cup of suffering from me, but not my will, but your will be done is that even the acknowledgement of the suffering and the sorrow, I think, is important, but also the prayer, Lord, encourage me or <clears throat> strengthen me by your word. And that, Lord's, and that seems to be a, a message from the Lord for, for us today, that, that God is able to strengthen us and encourage us by his word. We just need to be disciplined to be able to draw near to him and to, to read his word. Verse 29, uh, keep me from lying to myself, the New Living says, or keep me from deceitful ways, be gracious to me and teach me your law. And I wonder if there's not a, um, a link here with the Lord's Prayer. Just again, popped into my mind. You know, when we pray, lead us not into temptation. You know, sometimes we will say, oh, you know, is God going to be leading us into temptation? No, he's not, but there's this, This honesty in our prayers that that can be verse 29 of Psalm 119 can also be revealed here, is to say because we are humans, because we are impacted by sin in the world and our hearts themselves wrestle with what is good and what is evil, there there can be this propensity for us to wander off the path. It's like I was saying in last week's sermon, which you're welcome to, to listen to on YouTube, and that is that we are prone to wonder from the ways of God. It just is part of being human. But we can stay on the ways and we can come close to God by teach, by knowing God's law and following it because it's all there for us. And so I think that's just another, another emphasis on this is that we should pray, Lord, keep me from deceitful ways. Keep me from lying to myself. I think that is that is such a key phrase in that. Um and And let's be honest, sometimes we think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Sometimes we are embarrassed of of certain things, and so we subtly tell ourselves lies. And that's where having a a spiritual um accountability partner or a very close friend or a family member who's able to say to us, "But gently say, "Look, Dom, uh, I think that you've missed the boat here, um you know." Don't lie to yourself. This is really what the truth is. And that's a, a the, that person in your life is a great gift, um, but it also, you know, can be a sensitive thing. Verse 30, I've chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. So again, this has got to do with choosing a way, choosing a path. And. Um, Verse 30 in the New Living doesn't speak so much about the path, but it says, I've chosen to be faithful. I have determined to live. And there's the sense of ourselves being resolute, setting our hearts and minds on this. We've been given a choice. The psalmist says, listen, I'm going to choose the way of faithfulness. Um, If we link it in with Jesus, you know, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, so we, we can choose that or not choose that but the psalmist says i want to choose that verse 31 i hold fast to your statutes lord do not let me be put to shame and so again it's i wouldn't say it's bargaining but i would say it's an honest prayer to say lord i'm i'm choosing to follow you i want to be faithful to your way so don't let me be put to shame um we know that it could mean still that there will be people that ridicule us or gossip about us but I think this whole thing about being put to shame is something where it's almost um, to an extreme. And so the words of the psalmist are saying, Lord, please, you know, um, I'm going to hold fast to you, but also take care of me. And then the last verse for us today is, if you will help me, I will run to follow your commands. That's what the New Living says. If you will help me, I will run to your commands. So... It's, again, the way I read it, to say, look, Lord, if you're going to help me, you know, I'm there, I'm, I'm, I'm committed, I'm going to be running to you because I, I want you to be in my life and I want to follow you. The, the, the NIV says, I run in the path of your commands, for, I, for you have broadened my understanding. And, uh, and there's a slight difference there, but you notice that it mentions the word path, which ties in with the way and the choice. But also what I want us to pick up here is, do you notice in this one, um, which is uh, Dalet, these, these eight verses, do you know how it started? Verse 25, just have a look back there. He was lying in the dust. So he was down and out. Now the last verse, verse 32, is he's saying, I will run in the path of your command. So there's a total change in, in the personality and in the life of the Psalmist. From being lying in the dust, feeling that he needs to be revived. Now he's through the word and through his focus on Jesus has come to this place where he feels he can, he can run. He is revived. So friends, I'm gonna leave it there. I will just pray that God has spoken to you about what you are needing and what you need to hear. Um, And I just pray that for many of you, you have been encouraged and revived by the word. I also would like you, if you you would like to spare another two minutes on your own, is to go back in these uh, 16 verses from today and just jot down if you have a notepad or if you don't mind marking in your Bible or just putting a little pencil dot next to it, is take a look at how many different references to the word and the law there are there. And depending on which translation you use, it will, it will speak differently, but it may use the word principles or precepts or commands or something. But just have a note of that and, and remember that this whole psalm, Psalm 119, is about the lighting in the law and the word of God because it gives life to us. So on that note, I pray that it has been life-giving for you. May God add his blessing to his holy scriptures. And um, I look forward to sharing with you again next week. Amen.